0: Faith community. We find ourselves today in 2 Timothy chapter 3 as we read through the New Testament in a year. Do you feel like life is getting harder? Do you feel like the world is getting more and more crazy? Well, that's what was promised to us from the beginning. In 2 Timothy 3, verse 1, it says, But know this, hard times will come in the last day. This has been promised. This is what we are to expect. From the beginning of the church, we were told hard times are coming. Hard times will increase. This is this is what we should expect: hard times. What what makes these hard times? You know, it's really easy to think it's the wrong thing. It's um, you know maybe because well, there's. There's sickness or maybe it's because I'm without a job or, you know, these, these trials, these, these mundane trials that we go through. That's not what makes it hard times. What makes it hard times? Verse two, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, proud, demeaning, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, without love for what is good. Traitors, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to the form of godliness but denying its power. Avoid these people. What makes these hard times? Sinners. A world filled with sinners. And what does he say we're supposed to do? Avoid these people. Do you hear that? Avoid these people. Now, wait a second. I thought that, that Jesus came to seek and save the lost, that Jesus moved towards the sinners, Yes, Jesus moved towards the sinners who were broken, but he didn't move towards the sinners who were obstinate. He didn't move towards the sinners who were irreconcilable. Look at what it says. These type of people are to be avoided. Now, verse 5 says, they holding to the form of godliness but denying its power. What does that mean? That means that these people want all the blessings of Christianity without the presence of the Holy Spirit. That they want to experience the blessing of God without conforming their life to the image of God. They have a form of godliness, but they deny its power. They deny the effective working of the Spirit in their lives. And so what do they look like? They look like boastful, proud, lovers of self, lovers of money, demeaning, disobedient to parents, These are the wicked people in the world that we're called to avoid. These these people have a form of godliness. That means that they have a a humanistic, religious view on the world. But who sits on the throne of their religion is man. They they constantly are exalting God above Christ, the creature above the creator. So hear me out here. We move towards God the broken sinner. We move towards the repentant sinner. We move towards the sinner who's willing to acknowledge his fault, but we avoid the militant sinner. Uh, What do I mean by avoid the militant sinner? The militant sinner is the one who says, this is what I'm going to do, and I'm going to try to convince you to do the same thing, and I'm not going to give up on you. I'm going to keep on trying to win you over to my evil way of life because I don't feel good sinning if you're not sinning with me. Those are the type of people that are dangerous for believers to maintain relationships with. These are the evil people in the world, that one bad apple that spoils the whole barrel. These are the dogs that we're supposed to not cast our pearls before. Don't cast your pearls before swine. Why? Because they'll turn and rend you. These are the people we are to avoid. They want to deceive Others. Where am I getting that from? Look at verse 6. For among them are those who worm their way into households and deceive gullible women, overwhelmed by sins and led astray by a variety of passions, always learning and never able to come to a knowledge of the truth. These are deceptive people who want to get into households, who want to speak lies to people that they can lead away to their own humanistic religious Viewpoint, who they can convince that they're good, that they're smooth, they're flatterers, but inside they're filled up with dead man's bones. They look like whitewashed tombs. They're decaying and dying and deceptive. These are people who are irreconcilable. These are people who will not believe that they need to repent. What is Paul? What does Paul compare these people to? Look at verse 8. He says, Just as Janus and Jambres resisted Moses, so these also resist the truth. They are men who are corrupt in mind and worthless in regard to the faith, but they will not make further progress, for their foolishness will be clear to all, as was the foolish of Janus and Jambres. Now, Paul's referring to a story here that we're not completely familiar with. We're not completely familiar with who exactly he's talking about, but you don't need to know the story to know exactly what he's talking about. These are people who are corrupt in mind. They are worthless. They will not make further progress. Why? Because they opposed Moses. They resisted Moses. What was Moses doing? He was explaining to the children of Israel how they were to live. He was telling them God's rule for righteousness. He was writing the word of God to them. And what did these two do? They resisted that. You can recognize these people that you are to avoid because they resist the truth. One of the most heartbreaking things to me is when I go to somebody with God's word and their life doesn't align with it and I point out to them the way that their life doesn't align and they resist that. They refuse to hear they depart from the church because they are just like these people right here. They're just like these people whose hearts are deceived, and we are to avoid those people who resist the truth. That, that's why Jesus gave us the direction that he gave us in Matthew 18. We go, we tell our brother his sin, and if he doesn't hear, we go and get somebody else. And if he still isn't here, we tell it to the church, and what do we do? We have nothing to do with them. Why? Because these people are dangerous for the church. They not only practice sin, but they want to convince other people that it's okay and that they should do the same. And so we have nothing to do with them. Now look what Paul does. He shows how Timothy is the opposite of Janus and Jambris. He says this, But you have followed my teaching, conduct, purpose, faith, patience, love, and endurance, along with the persecutions and sufferings that came to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, what persecutions I endured, Yet the Lord rescued me from them all. So, so look at Timothy. He's the opposite of this. He followed Paul's teaching. He wasn't like Janice and Jambres who resisted Moses. Instead, what did he do? He heard Paul and he said, that's what I'm going to do. That's how I'm going to live. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to do what you're saying. Whenever you correct me, I'm going to respond to it. I'm going to change my trajectory. I'm going to change my way of life. I'm not going to resist the word. I'm going to comply with it. I'm going to conform my life to to it. You have followed my teaching, conduct, purpose, faith, patience, love, and endurance. And he's done that in the face of persecution. He's done that when the world says, stop. He's done that when the world says, if you keep on doing this, we're going to imprison you. We're going to beat you. He says, no, I will continue to pursue righteousness. I will not resist the word of God. I will not resist those who teach me the word of God. So Timothy is our model of somebody who listened to the word, who listened to his teacher, who conformed his life to God's word as it was taught to him by Paul. Now understand this. As you do this, you'll be persecuted. As you stand up for truth, the world hates people who say there is only one truth. The world hates people who say that truth is absolute. And so all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus, what's going to happen? 2 Timothy 3.12, they will be persecuted. People are going to oppose those who stand up for truth. This is what we're called to. This is what true believers do. They don't resist the truth. They resist the lie. They stand up and they are persecuted. Deception will continue in this world people will continue to try to deceive the church they'll try to deceive people that we're trying to witness to deceivers will continue to arise but god's word will not change we hold on to it as our only rule of truth as god's truth listen to this evil people this is verse 13 evil people and imposters will become worse did you hear that it's gonna get worse this was 2,000 years ago, and Paul said it's going to get worse, and we see it's getting worse. Guess what? still true today. It's going to get worse. Deceiving and being deceived. Not only did they deceive, but they actually believe the lies that they sell. That's one of the most dangerous type of liars. But as for you, continue of what you have learned and firmly believed. You know those who taught you, and you know that from infancy you've known the sacred scriptures which are able to give you wisdom for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness, so the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. This world is going to attack us. They're going to try to sell lies to us. They're going to try to deceive us, and our only hope is to hold fast to the word of God and not let go. It's this that we are saved by. It's this that we conform our life to. It is gives us wisdom for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. It's profitable. It's what I need to correct lives, to be trained for righteousness, to rebuke those who oppose righteousness hold fast to the Word of God, stand strong, because you know what's true, and you recognize these are hard times, but God rules over all, and His Word is my foundation. Thank you so much for listening today.